This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Monday, September 25th, 2023. I am Dave Biddle. Very happy to be joined by Dan Rubin. Feels like we were just talking to you guys like about 30 hours ago because we were. Because we have, we absolutely were. So we're going to get into more takeaways from Ohio State 17-14 to 14 win over Notre Dame. Before we do that, Dan wants to tell you about one of our great sponsors, Jonathan Green Grass Seed, and a great deal you guys can get. Dan, the floor is yours. Hey there, Bucknuts Morning 5 listeners. It's fall, which means two things. Well, it means a lot of things. It's football season and it's lawn care season. Fall is the best time to overseed your lawn. So if you haven't already, now is the perfect time. We recommend Jonathan Green Black Beauty Grass Seed because it's naturally dark green in color, has roots that can grow up to four feet deep, and is super drought tolerant. If you needed to look at a yard that needed Jonathan Green, you could literally look out my window right now. It is in dire need. With over 100 year, 130 years of experience, excuse me, Jonathan Green is a name you can trust for superior lawn care products. They only sell the highest quality grass seed on the market. Here's the best part, Buckeyes fans. They're offering you 10% off your order on jonathangreen.com. So head over there now and use code BUCKNUTS10 at checkout. Plus, Jonathan Green doesn't only sell grass seed. They carry everything you need to create the perfect outdoor oasis from lawn fertilizers and weed controls to soil amendments and spreaders, they've got you covered. So don't wait any longer. Make your neighbors green with envy and turn your lawn into a showstopper with Jonathan Green Lawn Care Products. Visit jonathangreen.com and use coupon code, excuse me, BUCKNUTS10 to get 10% off of your order on grassy lawn fertilizers, weed controls, and more. Jonathan Green, quality lawn since 1881, and those of you Tuned in, can see it on the scroll, etc. Get your lawn up. It's great stuff. And as I said, fall is the best time to overseed. So get with Jonathan Green, grass seed, and take advantage of our deal. All right. I don't even know where to start. I guess let's start with the 10-man, 10-man Marcus, as I wrote out of my notes. Old 10-man Marcus. First of all, I can't believe they only had 10 guys on the field for two plays. Then his post-game press conference, he was fibbing. It makes no Ooh. sense to say that, well, we didn't want to get a penalty. If you knew he, he didn't know 10 guys were on the field. If they knew 10 guys were on the field for the pass that was incomplete to Marv right before Chip's touchdown, they had plenty of time to run somebody on the field, even if Ohio State didn't sub, and Ohio State did sub. So you have the ref standing there holding up play. They had plenty of time to bring somebody in. Fell asleep at the wheel. He said he didn't want to get a penalty. Makes absolutely no sense. Um, but hey, it helped the Buckeyes out. Uh, it was one of many crazy things that went their way late in that game, Dan Rubin. 
this is going to be a weird analogy, but that statement from Marcus Freeman reminded me when you may remember this. Mike Piazza was up against Roger Clemens once in a baseball game and swung his bat and his bat splintered. And part of the bat went back to Clemens. He picked it up and threw it at him. Yep. And his response was, I thought it was the ball. And it's like, okay, number one, it's a shard of wood. Number two, you threw the wood at him. You don't throw the ball at someone to get them out in baseball. So I think uh, Roger misremembered that. But I, I digress. Yeah, I mean, that was a younger coach at a press conference, probably trying to, my guess is, protect not just himself, but someone else who made that mistake um, or the player who he didn't want it to be vilified. I will admit, and I don't do this often, I did go watch a few post-game shows on the Notre Dame side to see, you know, just as a professional to compare them did. And they are already saying this is going to be remembered as the, the 10, the 10 player game. Um, when it gets, you know, Holy Buckeye in quotes, 10, you know, 10 player game in quotes. So, um, I'm not a Notre Dame fan. I am a Marcus Freeman fan, given he is a Buckeye and a fine Daytonian and a fine representation as a human being, but he's going to take that one on, uh, He's going to take that one on the chin for life. I mean, he's going to have to do something great to offset that in the viral culture that we live in, if that makes sense. Yeah, he could have been, you know, as you mentioned, he uh, could have been covering for defensive coordinator Al Golden. There's been speculation. Rushman on YouTube. It was Al Washington's group. I've heard a, a former Notre Dame captain talk about that on his podcast that, hey, he thinks he was covering for Al Washington. Um, regardless, they only had 10 guys out there. I still cannot believe that happened. Um, Dave, the most egregious part is the timeout. Are you saying I, I'm out? Was it 10 players timeout? 10 players? I believe so, yeah. Okay, that is beyond inexcusable. You should have gotten a tweet or a text from someone in the fans, in the stands, in that three-minute stretch. I guarantee he was yelling at them, you only have 10 men on the field. That's really embarrassing. I posted this. I posted this to the front row. Um, it's quite lively thread. I just something that hit me yesterday. I was getting ready to watch the NFL and it just hit me. Can you imagine if this would have been Ryan Day and Jim Knowles? The tables are turned. Ohio State looks like they're gonna win the game, and then Notre Dame ends up winning by inches. And then we find out they only had 10 guys on the field for the final play. Then we find out they only had 10 guys on the field for the play before that. I mean, Dan, the pitchforks would have been out in full force for Coach Day and Jim Knowles. I don't want to even uh, ponder what would happen to the front row had that taken place. It would have been ugly. Um, it would have made me lose sleep because we are tangentially responsible for the content on there. And by that, I mean, not tangentially. Um, so yes, it would have been, it would have been tough. It would have been, I mean, even thinking about it makes me a little sick to my stomach. I'm not going to lie. Let's move on to the Lou Holtz, uh, Ryan Day stuff. I didn't get a, really a chance to soak that in until after the postgame podcast because as soon as the game ended, I was getting ready for the postgame podcast. People were, were talking about it, and you know, so I knew something happened. My goodness, I've never seen Ryan Day like that. Now, Lou Holtz is a six of 86-year-old man who's probably not all the way there, and he's speaking to a Notre Dame group, but – you're a football coach or a football player the worst thing someone can say about you is you're not tough and you're soft and I think this was maybe just the straw that broke the back broke the camel's back for Ryan Day and I've heard other people opine 
this might be more of like the Michigan stuff kind of piling up than it was more about Notre Dame and what Lou Holtz said. Curious to get your thoughts on that. The, the Lou Holtz-Ryan Day rift, didn't see that one coming. Nor did I. Not uh, Also, people forget Lou Holtz, a Liverpool, Ohio native. So it wasn't just him taking a shot at Ryan Day. He's kind of, you know, I assume Lou Holtz grew up an Ohio State fan. Um, an Ohio State, Dan. Yeah. He was an assistant coach when they won the national championship under Woody in 1968. Which makes it worse. Yes. It's blasphemous. Um, so it's good that it, uh, that it got to him. I, I, I got the sense. I mean, I can't. Ryan Day is going to have to answer this at some point. That, that was just kind of the crescendo. And look, how are you feeling when that last drive was going on? Um, how emotional were you? Imagine being the coach of the football team. He's a human being and then getting interviewed right afterwards. Okay. So I have no problem with what he said. I mean, the fact that Lou Holtz said it, I think is just, yes, he's an older fella um, and may not be, you know, you know, spotting his fastball the way he used to. Uh, But he's kind of symbolic of, I think you said it, all the crap they took. And like you said, Dave, there's one thing to say, you're not a tough soccer team. When you say you're not a tough football team, you're basically attacking their the, the core character of what you do for a living. So, and listen, you had Brian Hartline on here with me when we asked him who would get out of the, the locker room if there was a fight. And his first answer was me. These are not soft dudes, okay? They don't like being talked about like that. And, you know, basketball and soccer, you get a couple games a week. Football, you got to sit and stew on that, man. Six days, seven days, you know, after you don't perform maybe as well as you wanted. So I had no problem with it. I don't really have any. Lou Holtz, if you're going to come out and say that, you wrote the check, you got to pay it. You know what I'm saying? It's I got no problem with going after Lou Holtz. Yes, he's an older guy. I mean, I didn't like if Lou Holtz was there, he wasn't going to jack him. And, you know, you just come on. That's kind of silly. Yeah, people going to made it out like that. So uh, I liked it. And um he cares, man. You can tell now. I also have heard the other side. Is if he cares so much about toughness, then why was that their approach in short yardage? I get all that, but I'm not sure they're they're directly linked. You guys are keep informing me of things. I didn't know this. Jerry Emig actually told, or uh, Ryan Day turned to Jerry Emig before all that and said, watch this, according to Bucknuts88 on YouTube. That's hilarious. Jerry must, I saw Jerry sitting there kind of, I can just tell. I was watching Jerry, and Jerry didn't know what to think. I, I'm lo- looking forward to talking to Jerry. By the way, programming note of sorts, no Ryan Day press conference tomorrow that was already planned, had nothing to do with post-game press conference or anything he said about Lou Holtz. By week, we are going to have interviews on Wednesday. We think we are going to get Ryan Day then. It's not for sure. Wednesday evening after practice, so nothing tomorrow. I want to let you guys know about that. I tell you what, man, Kyle McCord, he's a made man now. I mean, that was – it reminded me of the scene in Pulp Fiction where Jules Winfield, you know, and the, the couple's like sticking up the diner and everything, and, and Jules is, is trying to calm everything down. And he's like, you know, tell her, tell her to chill. I'm, I'm, I'm going to make it family friendly. Hey, tell, tell that girl to chill. And then he's like, just chill. And then he says, what's Fonzie like? What? And she's like, what? What's Fonzie like? He's cool. I wrote down in my notes, McCord equals Fonzie. I mean, McCord was cool as a cucumber. And that is as tough of a situation you can possibly be in, as you know, Dan Rubin. Um, first big start of your life, at least in college, you're on the road at night. Game of the week in college football, you're playing a tough defense, hostile environment. 
people that were there said they've never seen a sporting event like that lively. And you're down by four points. You got one timeout, not even really a timeout, and you lead your team down and score that touchdown. Fourth and seven, nails. Was it a tough pass? No. But under the circumstances, that's that's nails. The, the third and 19 pass, we're all going to remember the 10 men on the field. The 1B is third and 19, and Kyle throws an absolute dime to a mecca down to the one-yard line. Kyle McCord is like Fonzie. I love it. Here was the question I wrote down, and I almost texted it to you this morning, but I thought I could ambush you with it, and clearly great minds think alike, and I cannot. But in the last 10 years, has an Ohio State quarterback ever been handed the ball with more pressure on him? I only have one other possible answer, and that is C.J. Stroud last year um, when they needed the game-winning possible game-winning drive versus Georgia. But Georgia. put that into context here. We are really into football here at Bucknuts. We break down every game into its details. Since I have been here, which is coming up on 15, 20 years, there has never been more pressure on one player than there was on Kyle McCord. Maybe CJ that one time last year, maybe. And he absolutely came through, and it was his first try. So we may have the guy here. See, that's, we always assume the negative. Um this is like my Browns friends who were favored at Pittsburgh and thought they were going to win when 80 times in a row they've lost. you got to look at the track record. Kyle McCord's track record under pressure situations, 1-0, okay? And it is the biggest 1-0 you could possibly have. Just think about that for a second. I cannot think of a more pressurized drive being handed back the ball. And theoretically, he was ill-equipped experience-wise. He has not had the reps for that. Third and 19, that was a dime. He, I mean, go back and watch the play. And I would love to get some quarterback guru on here. His body language, his back foot hit, that ball came out. It was on a dime. It probably made a nice sound on the chest protector. Thank God Emma brought, Emeka brought that one in. Jeez. Um, because, you know, that would have, it would have been a bad night for him in, in, in replay. Because although he was great, he dropped a, he had a four point drop. But, man. I, I, I got nothing but kudos for Kyle McCord. Kyle McCord's dad last night, uh, two nights ago, I was just thinking about that. When you're waiting for your son to get that, can you imagine the feeling when he took the ball from the McCord family? I love those crowd shots. I saw one of a Clemson kicker who came off the street this week and the family in the crowd. I cannot imagine the pressure that kid was under. And to perform like that, fourth and seven, I couldn't stand up. I was like leaning on my ottoman. You know, and this guy, I, I could not be more impressed, man. I could, seriously. Now, where it goes from here, he's still got to do it, you know, consistently. And there's going to be some, look, Michigan looks good. Penn State looks really good. But you've got to give this guy credit, man. That was an unbelievably stressful situation to come through on. You got me racking my brain. So the one that comes to mind would be Justin Fields in 2019 against Clemson, where Olave ended up running the wrong way, or they might Fair. be Clemson. Even though they should have been, it didn't work. They got that. They got that game stolen from them. Absolutely Fair. stolen. That was. That was the replay official. Jay, in that bottom game line, was either corrupt or incompetent. One of the two. You pick. Fair, but uh, Fields and Olave are good players. We didn't win. McCoy no, I won. Well, that's what you were saying. When you get the ball back, most part. Well, yeah, they yeah. didn't beat Georgia either. Then he came through, which is incredible. It all. No, you said ten years, so this doesn't count. But you know what? That also reminds me of. Although Troy did it back to back drives. 2005 at Michigan, they're down by two scores. 
Uh, Michigan elects to do a little pooch punt instead of kick a field goal to go up by. They would have got on by 12, I believe. So Ohio State's down by nine. Troy Smith takes them down. Long drive. Bam, bam, bam. Touchdown to Santonio. And then they get the ball back. Ohio State comes down. The catch to Gonzo. Pittman drives it in. So reminded me a little bit of Troy Smith. But um, But it's like you said, Dave, he's made. He's made now. Because we're having to go back to like, you know, check marks on Ohio State history to even find something to compare it to. So that guy's got major brass balls, man. I'm I'm a Kyle McCord guy. I am too. And I I said that going into the game. Like, I can see the arm talent. There's no doubt about the arm talent. He's got good size. He's tough. You can tell he's he's willing to to run. How is he going to handle it mentally at Notre Dame? Especially if things go wrong and maybe it's a close game. You couldn't, as you said, you couldn't have been more pressure-packed. I didn't even think it was going to be that pressure packed, and it was, and he passed with flying colors. I love it. Um, Another guy that just played his butt off, Lathan Ransom, 13 tackles in a game where Notre Dame's offense only had seven possessions. This is not a game where there was like 15 offensive possessions for each team. Seven offensive possessions. This dude had 13 tackles, and he was coming with bad intentions. I love it. Yeah. I looked at uh, some stuff before the game just to kind of try and give myself a little bit of confidence. They've got pros on every level, unlike they've had in, in recent past. Lathan Ransom is an NFL safety. Um, he's a top five draft among safeties right, guy right now. Um, there was a time when I wasn't a huge Ransom fan. He's always been great coming forward and hitting and struggled sometimes in pass uh, protection or pass coverage, but no, he was there to play. Um, I believe it was Lathan and Sonny who made that enormous stop on fourth down, um, you know, able to bring the impact on a good running back in that short yardage situation. So, yeah, he's a stud. He's a stud. You, you, the, the secondary, there were some mistakes, but this whole year I've had a much better vibe on the secondary than I have in recent past. I don't know if it's like the eye test and the amount of space that's out there or the fact that Denzel Burke is now getting Deion Sanders treatment. So, um you talk about going to boring high school games to watch Bryce West and Aaron Scott. They tried Denzel Burke once and it was in the flat. They didn't even go back to him. I actually give Notre Dame credit for that. I told you I used to, when we'd watch games and Denzel Ward was out there, if the other team threw at Denzel Ward in the first possession, I knew we were going to win because they were poorly coached. Um, not the case here. I give Notre Dame credit until the 10 man thing in terms of who to attack. But yeah, Ransom was great. Turns out it's the same deal in the NFL. If you throw Denzel Ward's way, that's a it's a bad day for you. I'll say that as a Bengals fan. It's like, don't throw his way. Don't throw his way. Um, I'll let you guys know about another one of our sponsors, Factor Meals. And you guys can get a great deal. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see on the ticker, 50% off. I'll tell you guys more about that in a moment. Uh, but I do have a message from our excellent sponsor, Factor Meals. With the busy fall season already in swing, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals for jam-packed days. Factor America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit can help you f- fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. I mean, I, I personally like some of their steak meals. I had a really good chicken and sun-dried tomato meal. And again, like they said, their stuff's ready in two minutes. It's fresh, and it tastes really good. They've got these outstanding smoothies. They got a little bit of everything. With Factor, skip the extra trip to the grocery store and the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up, too, while still getting the flavor and nutritional quality that you need. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. So all you have to do is heat and enjoy. 
then go back to crushing your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash bucknuts50 and use code bucknuts50 to get 50% off. That's code bucknuts50 at factormeals.com slash bucknuts slash bucknuts50 to get 50% off. Factormeals.com slash bucknuts50 to get 50% off. Take hey, advantage just of that. I have a food snob son, and I also don't believe you can microwave chicken, and Factor Meals proved me wrong. It's delicious. I am, I'm serious. Like, even the smell of microwave chicken used to make me a little oogie. It's delicious. I'm telling you. So, this isn't the the type of like microwave meals that like stick up in the office and is like nasty and kind of, you know, chewy. Like, no, it's like quality because it's not frozen. It's good stuff. All right, I'll tell you what else is good stuff is Jim Knowles and his defense. Yep. Kudos to Jim Knowles and his defense. Now, they still got to prove it. I mean, Penn State looks like they look fantastic on both sides of the ball. I don't think Michigan looks that good. We're going to get to another topic in a moment if, if there's really an elite team in college football. But I just wanted to give Jim Knowles um, and the entire defense their props. They they stepped up big time. Yeah, I knew uh, – I did have a feeling we were going to be talking about the defensive line again because – Notre Dame's offensive line is the truth. I mean, they may not be as good as the NBC staff will tell you um, when they let you know about the Joe Moore award. I heard that 50 times, but um, they're good. And Alt, the left tackle, uh, Joe Alt's excellent. Blake Fisher, the right tackle, he got hurt. He originally beat out Joe Alt when they were younger. So there's two, I mean, there are two, both guys are projecting, Fisher's a projected top three, four. Joe Alt, some people have him going in the top 15. I thought our guys did well. Um, defensive line, the guy I want to mention is Tyleek Williams. He has turned into just an all-out beast. I don't know if they've improved his, his uh, stamina, but he was a flash player to me in the past. Now he is a mainstay in the middle of the defense. Um, borderline, I would not be surprised if he's, if he's an All-American contention by the end of the year. Can he stay healthy? They didn't get any pressure on the quarterback from the edges. Uh, I'm almost ready to say that that's not going to happen ever to the way we really want it. Um, yes, I get those guys are following a line of some really great players. And I've said this on several shows. I mean, if you combine what Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa, and Chase Young are going to make, they have the, you know, they make more than some Caribbean countries. So that's a lot to get into, but um, they did not get really any edge pressure. The linebackers are good. I thought Steel Chambers struggled early. He was out of position on several plays. Um, cleaned it up in the second half. Secondary, much, much better. I think Igbenosin was kind of over his feet, over his skis a couple times, maybe overly geeked in a couple possessions. Uh, got knocked off his feet on the uh, touchdown pass in the back of the end zone to, I think, Rico Flores, and then tried to look at Proctor with, like, Maybe it was your fault. No, it was your fault. You fell down. Uh, but generally speaking, you got to be a results-based guy here. If you go to Notre Dame for a night game against a team that's averaging 40-odd points a game and has a male model at quarterback they brought in to get it done, and you hold them to 14 points, results are results. One more thing about the Notre Dame game before we move on just talk college football in general to finish the show. And I'm looking for – one re- – I'm not very pleased there's not a Ryan Day press conference tomorrow. I really want to ask him about several different things. One thing I want to ask him, um, why never a quarterback sneak? We talked about this on the postgame show. I, I just, I'm so flummoxed by it. It's just, just watch the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, it's, it's the highest percentage play in football, especially if you get up there. 
you know, like for example, the one where they did the jet sweep to a Mecca, um, if they would just would have rushed up there, didn't call it, just would have rushed up there after that Travion and Travion, they probably should have measured. Looked like he was closer than maybe what they gave him on that third down play. They just would have rushed up to the line, did a quarterback sneak, and were ready to go. That was an easy first down for Ohio State. Um, I don't know why they're so averse to doing quarterback sneaks. Now, maybe it's because we never practice it. Well, then why don't you practice it? So, and Urban was the exact same way. I hate when they're like first and goal from the one and they're up there in shotgun, you know, not that they, that was the case against Notre Dame, but um, I don't know, man. I just, uh, maybe it was the case against Notre Dame, but I just don't know why they won't use the quarterback sneak in those situations. I have no idea. And I will say this. One of the biggest differences in football from when I remember watching it as a child or a younger guy to now when I'm old and gray is short yardage in the NFL. Listen, do you think Notre Dame fans are sitting around talking about their great short yardage uh, performance? They're complaining about the same crap on their shows. I watched it. They can't get short yardage. Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? They were Fourth and one and third and one, back in the day, you lined up and handed it to some 260-pound fat guy, and he'd get the yard. That doesn't work anymore, man. Third and one is my least favorite thing on earth. We don't. Ohio State doesn't know how to do it. Nobody really knows how to do it. I can tell you who doesn't know how to do it, the Dallas effing Cowboys. Third and one is a curse. I don't. Someone has got to become the offensive guru and figure out how to do short yardage now. Maybe the Eagles have done it with that, you know, bus driver mentality. Right. Maybe you spread them out, whatever. I wish Emeka would have just put his foot in the ground and turned and gotten one yard one-on-one instead of trying to run into a triple team when G. Scott and Kate Stover got stood up. Um, it did have Carlos High, Jeff Hireman vibes going through my brain. Thank you, Bax. Um, I don't understand short yardage. I'll be honest. I don't get it. I don't know why it's so hard to get. I don't know why someone hasn't gotten innovative about it besides the Eagles. And then the Eagles did that. And then there's like a petition from the owner's committee to ban the play. So someone's got to create a better way to get Ryan day. You got a bye week. Come up with a way to get one yard, man. You know what I'm saying? You're an offensive genius. I honestly believe it. Someone has got to figure this out. I, I, I just don't get it. Believe me. And I'm telling you this. Go listen to a Notre Dame podcast or what they are equally unsyched and they have Audrey Estime and they ran it down our throat a bunch of the times. They, you're talking about Notre Dame, Joe Moore award, et cetera. They're way more bummed out about their you know, inability to get it. They ran their quarterback. You know what? It's, I, I don't get it. I think it, we've reached kind of a fulcrum here where someone's going to figure it out or it's just going to be the bane of everyone's existence. It's bizarre. Our last thing. Is there an elite team in college football this year? Is Ohio State a legit national championship contender? Because I've seen Buckeye fans say, well, until we're not a national champion. We don't look like a national championship contender. Well, I want to get into that. First of all, did they look like a national championship contender during the 2002 season? Did they look like a national championship contender during the 2014 season? They did when the seasons were over. Uh, but I'm sure all of you were sitting there thinking during those years, this isn't a national championship team. Furthermore, let's focus on this year. I don't see an elite team in college football, not even close. I don't even think Georgia last year, I wouldn't even put them in the elite category. They were close. Previous year, Georgia, I would. 2021 Georgia, elite. Last year, close. But Ohio State outplayed them in Atlanta. Um, you look back, 2020, there was an elite team. Ohio State played them in the national championship game. Alabama, they were loaded. 
2019, I'll say there were two elite teams. Ohio State was one of them. Um, they got screwed against Clemson. I don't think Clemson was elite. LSU was obviously elite with Burrow, Justin Jefferson, Chase, and that future NFL All-Star team they had. I don't see an elite team this year. Georgia is not as good as they were last year. And again, I don't think they were elite last year. We know Bama's not elite. I don't think Michigan's elite. Heck, if I'm Penn State, I'm saying we're elite. You know, I'm Penn State, give them credit. But, you know, they haven't really played anybody that good yet. But still to beat Iowa 31 to nothing is nothing to scoff at. The zero is not as impressive as the 31. But um, I don't see an elite team. Florida State, Texas, mm. any of these teams could win it. Washington. Um, but Ohio State's right there. So if you're thinking, well, they don't look like a national championship contender, tell me who does. I don't have the team for you. You know, I asked you on the post-game show if you thought Ohio State was going to move up. You didn't think so, and they did. And it's because I watched, for example, the Florida State-Clemson game. That was a terrible football game, okay? Both those teams were going out of their way to try and lose, okay? And they happened to win at the end. That's not The Ohio State-Notre Dame game was more a battle of wills, I think, um, than that game. Uh, I've got to watch Georgia again. I mean, my I defer to Georgia being the best team uh, just because of status quo. I, I, I would agree with you, though. I don't see any team that matches all the factors you talked about before. And if you think about it, look at the teams you're talking about. Look at the quarterbacks. You know what I'm saying? Like Joe Burrow, he's good. You know what I'm saying? Bryce Young, he's apparently good. C.J. Stroud, uh, is he good? He just broke a record. He's basically the best quarterback ever for the first three games as a rookie with the Texans. I'm not being hyperbolic. And by the way, their entire offensive line is decimated. So um, I got a text last night from somebody who lives in Chicago and said, why didn't we get him? Why did we get Justin Fields? I got another guy said, you know, Charlotte picked a leprechaun over the guy. Anyway, um, no, no, there's no elite team out there. So it comes back to this for me, health. Who's going to be the healthiest? If Ohio State can just stay healthy, stay healthy. Um, I have. Uh, I think they'll be able to put it together. And keep in mind, we can win every game 17-14. Now, I don't prefer that. If you win every game 17-14 for the rest of the year, you get the crown. So just win. I, think, I do think this, and there's been a major, if I digress here a bit, I do think there's like been a major discussion nationally about how Ohio State is viewed locally. Have you noticed that? Yeah. Um, and yes, we're tough on them. Let's be honest. But look, we do need to appreciate the W's. Okay. We I, and I get it. We are putting on a show every week, and we all spend all week waiting for it. Believe me, I know what the front. I can feel the front row uh, when the game starts to go off kilter. I can feel it. But let's appreciate the wins to some to some extent here. I mean, look, if they fall flat against Maryland, who, by the way, is better than usual, sure, we can come after them. But, dude, winning on the road at Notre Dame at a night game when Notre Dame, this was the year, man. Go listen to the Notre Dame fans. They really thought they were going to win. The National Pundits really thought they were going to win. Last year, first year of the season, no one picked Notre Dame. Nobody, nobody with any skills. They, the national people really thought we we're going to lose. And that also probably has something to do with why Ryan Day was so fired up. So just enjoy the win. And if it getting to five and oh, just enjoy the win. And look, they're in as good a shape right now as anybody. That's factual. The ranking is totally irrelevant, completely irrelevant. 
If they play the way they're supposed to, everything will take care of itself. Now I can breathe. Amen. Very well said. Great stuff from Dan Rubin. Thank you very much to Dan. Thanks to all of you for tuning in. We appreciate it very much. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. If you're not already subscribed, helps us out a lot. Thanks again to Dan. Thanks to all of you. Hope everyone has a great rest of your day. now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.